Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on June 20th, 2022, from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And this is a normal episode, folks. That's right. We're going to take a look at the $13.8 billion budget passed by state lawmakers last week with a very special guest. Yes, you'll know his voice when you hear it. We also have some more rumblings from the 1st Congressional District after a recent unification event. And in business, we talk inflation and interest rates and those stubborn gas prices, which are dropping. And in medical, the news many parents of children under five have been waiting for. Vaccines are available starting this week. Also, we want to hear your stories. That's why we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your life during the pandemic. And, you know, we don't even have to talk about the pandemic. We don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about summer because it is summertime. But the gas prices are high. And so is inflation. So talk to us about that, the economy, or what else is going on in your world at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. We're here to help. And now for the latest in South Carolina, currently the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So be on the lookout out there, watch out if you have any symptoms, you might want to do self-tests if you've been in crowds recently or around anyone with any known symptoms. And we'll have updated COVID data for you on Saturday's podcast. have a short politics section for you today. I know that's a break from the past few episodes, but you know what? That's because summer has officially started, folks. That's right. Last week, lawmakers passed the final version of the state budget, which has been hashed out mostly behind closed doors with three top leaders of the House and Senate since session ended in early May. An agreement was reached on spending priorities for the state, which takes effect July 1st, including on taxes, rebates, raises, and how to spend billions and billions of extra dollars and also prepare for economic headwinds that have been blowing. Now, I have a treat for you, dear leaders, especially our longtime listeners. Instead of pulling all this together for you myself, I'm giving you a statehouse report from none other than the Russ McKinney. Oh, that's right, folks. It's like, it's like watching the U.S. Open. <laughs> Now, Russ delivers weekly statehouse recaps every Friday morning during session, which you can catch on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org if you don't hear them over the air. So here is Russ telling us about the $13.8 billion budget. The General Assembly finalized next year's record-setting state budget this week. The spending plan now goes to the governor. Thanks to a booming economy and federal pandemic money pumped into the state, Revenue from tax collections over the past two years has been at record levels. The current fiscal year, which ends in two weeks, produced a $2 billion surplus, and the revenue estimate for the new budget, $13.8 billion, the largest the state has ever seen. The higher-than-expected revenue totals enabled the General Assembly to pass a budget that will return a billion dollars to taxpayers in the form of rebates, begin to lower personal income tax rates, and make huge investments in state services that in past years the state simply couldn't afford. 
House Speaker Morrill Smith, who for the past four years was chairman of the House's Budget Writing Ways and Means Committee, calls the new budget transformational. This has been an unprecedented budget year for us. I hear the critics out there on Facebook and everywhere else saying this is the largest budget that we've ever had. It's the most spending of the state of South Carolina. Certainly, they're right. And you know, you know why we have the largest budget? Because our economy is performing better than it ever has in the history of South Carolina. But, you know, at the end of the day, we also have to note that this is also the largest tax cut we've ever had, the largest tax rebate we ever had, the largest investment in roads, and the largest amount of savings ever put away in South Carolina. The budget calls for spending $2 billion to fund the income tax rebate and reduction of personal income tax rates, and an extra billion dollars to speed up highway improvements, especially on interstates. The largest spending item, a record $4.7 billion to public education. Not only does school spending get a big boost in the budget, but it includes a sea change in school funding. The legislature moved most decisions on how education money is to be spent from the state to the districts. Lexington's Nikki Setzler is the ranking Democrat on the Senate's Finance Committee. The districts know best what they need and how they need to spend their funds. And so this, for the first time, will give them total flexibility. They've got the dollars, and they can do what they need to do, whether it be teachers or whatever, nurses. It's up to them. It's up to the superintendent and the school board. Also under the budget proposal, state employees will receive 3% raises and a $1,500 one-time bonus. There are also substantial raises for law enforcement and corrections officers. For the fourth consecutive year, extra funding to state colleges will freeze tuition rates. The flush state coffers this year also enabled lawmakers to put a billion dollars into the state's rainy day reserve funds. That's a half billion dollars more than they are constitutionally required to save. State economists have cautioned that revenue levels should return to normal pre-pandemic levels during the new fiscal year. And there's the threat of a possible recession. Ways and Means Committee Chairman Gary Simrel said that prompted putting more money in reserves. Actually, in this budget this year, these are both reserves and money not spent is about 11% of our general appropriations bill. So we, we more than doubled what we had set out to do. While the immediate economic future is unclear, most lawmakers are confident state government is positioned to weather any potential disruption. South Carolina is the 10th fastest growing state in the nation. And according to a 2020 report from the IRS, that migration of taxpayers into the state is bringing with it a substantial increase in taxpayer-adjusted gross income, an extremely positive indicator that the state's economy will continue to grow. Always great reporting from Russ. Thank you so much, as always. And on Friday, 1st Congressional District Republican nominee Congresswoman Nancy Mace and her former opponent, Katie Arrington, agreed to bury the hatchet, let bygones be bygones, and unite in the fight against the Democratic nominee, Dr. Annie Andrews, this November. Now, the kumbaya moment lasted mm, until the next day when Arrington went on a radio show and said she was going to become Nancy Mace's, quote, worst nightmare. Okay, so we're doing the flip-flop thing again there, Katie, like offshore drilling in 2018. Got it. All right, here we are, 2022.
Okay, we've been talking around this for a while, but I know you've been realizing it out there while you're grocery shopping or at the pump. Inflation, yes, the cost of goods continues to go up. I have no control over this, folks. I cannot stop this. Only the Fed can, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, the most recent consumer price index data shows that inflation is now running at 8.6% for the year. That jumped 1% from April. With all these inflationary pressures still mounting on the country, the Federal Reserve Bank hiked interest rates 0.75% last week to help cool the economy, but hopefully not by too much that it leads to a recession. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell gave further insight on this hike last week following the meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee. Here's Chairman Powell. Overall economic activity edged down in the first quarter as unusually sharp swings in inventories and net exports more than offset continued strong underlying demand. Recent indicators suggest that real GDP growth has picked up this quarter, with consumption spending remaining strong. In contrast, growth in business-fixed investment appears to be slowing, and activity in the housing sector looks to be softening, in part reflecting higher mortgage rates. The tightening in financial conditions that we've seen in recent months should continue to temper growth and help bring demand into better balance with supply. As shown in our summary of economic projections, FOMC participants have marked down their projections for economic activity, with the median projection for real GDP growth running below 2% through 2024. The labor market has remained extremely tight, with the unemployment rate near a 50-year low, job vacancies at historical highs, and wage growth elevated. Over the past three months, employment rose by an average of 408,000 jobs per month, down from the average pace seen earlier in the year, but still robust. Improvements in labor market conditions have been widespread, including for workers at the lower end of the wage distribution, as well as for African Americans and Hispanics. Labor demand is very strong, while labor supply remains subdued, with the labor force participation rate little changed since January. That's right, up 1.5% this year. Talking about interest rates right there. Now, Powell said that they were originally expecting to hike interest rates 0.5% this meeting, but metrics dictated that the FOMC make a bigger move. The Fed is still looking for a series of declining inflationary data, or at least flattening out at this point. Really anything to show that the economy is cooling down. But as we said earlier, that's not the case. That's why strong action was taken. We move the policy rate. That affects financial conditions, and that affects the economy. You know, we have, of course, ways, rigorous ways to think about it, But ultimately, it comes down to, do we think financial conditions are in a place where they're having the desired effect on the economy? And that desired effect is, we'd like to see, you know, demand moderating. Demand is very hot still in the economy. We'd like to see the labor market getting better in balance between supply and demand. And that can happen both from supply and demand. Right now, there's demand is substantially higher than than available supply, though. So, we feel that there's a role for us in moderating demand. Those are the things we can affect with our, with our policy tools. There are many things we can't affect, and, and those would be you know, the, things, uh, the, the commodity price issues that we're having around the world due to the war in uh, Ukraine and the fallout from that, and also just the, all of the supply side things that are still you know, pushing upward on inflation. Now, you just heard Chairman Powell mention that they have no control over commodity prices. That's a big nod toward oil right there, which is around $110 a barrel currently. But demand has let up some in the United States and led to the national average dropping below $5 a gallon for gas. And gas prices have been falling since we reached our most recent peak on June 12th 
of $4.60 a gallon in the state of South Carolina. AAA Carolinas reports that as of June 20th, an average gallon of gas in the state is $4.53 a gallon. The cheapest counties for gas include Lexington, Cherokee, Chesterfield, Union, Pickens, and Oconee. Most expensive? Those are generally counties along the I-95 corridor. And a travel note to everyone who is flying this summer. That doesn't include me. I know, no grease this year, folks. That's okay. All my travels can be by car this year, which it might be a good thing when you have to listen to about airport delays and flight delays and all these issues plaguing the industry right now. And I say all this because it sounds like the delays are everywhere and indiscriminate with more flights than pilots and crew to staff them, supply, demand, plus labor issues. And this is just one industry and not even to mention the summer storms, which ripple across the country and just lead to delays on delays. That's why I love to fly as early as possible. 5 a.m., done. Get a jump on the day before the delays. Of course, now I say all this because I want to urge people to pack smart, specifically their carry-on. I've been reading some stories about people stranded places without necessary medicine or baby formula. you got to pack all that in your carry-on, folks, especially if you're doing some big travels. So pack some toiletries, a simple change of clothes, and the essentials like chargers, a power brick, medicines, food like protein bars, and a water bottle. This is basic stuff that makes a world of difference if you get stuck without your bag somewhere or if you're on a tarmac for three hours. Also, download your airline's app as it's helpful in in difficult situations and you can see in advance if your inbound flight is having issues, which may make you preemptively make some new plans. Now, let us know if you've had any travel issues so far this summer at 803-563-7169. Calls from the airport, even if things are going well, we love a good trip in the lead. Well, we make one of the best travel companions. Just going to say it. (laughs) We don't fuss. Uh, We're just here for (laughs) you. We keep you up to date without being too much of a Debbie Downer. We try. We try. (laughs) In fact, I'll be at the beach with my entire family next week, so we may, we may have a Jackson Brother podcast for you. I'm just saying. So let us know how travels are going with you. 803-563-7169. The good, the bad. On Saturday, parents of young ones across the country got the news they've been waiting for since the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020 and the arrival of vaccines that December a vaccine for children under the age of five. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky endorsed the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommendation that all children six months through five years of age should receive a COVID-19 vaccine. This expands eligibility for vaccination to nearly 20 million additional children. It means that all Americans ages six months and older are now eligible for vaccination. Now, this comes from the CDC. Parents and caregivers can now get their children six months through five years of age vaccinated with the Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna vaccines to better protect them from COVID-19. Now, all children, including children who have already had COVID-19, should get vaccinated. COVID-19 vaccines have undergone and will continue to undergo the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. Parents and caregivers can play an active role in monitoring the safety of these vaccines by signing their children up for vSafe which is a personalized and confidential health check-in service via text messages and web surveys, 
where they can easily share with CDC how a child feels after getting a COVID-19 vaccine. So it'll be part of the solution there, folks. Now, distribution of pediatric vaccinations for these children has started across the country and will be available at thousands of pediatric practices, pharmacies, federally qualified health centers, local health departments, clinics, and other locations this week. We'll give you any updates when it comes to these vaccinations, but go forth and prosper parents. And sticking with the CDC, on June 12th, the agency lifted its testing requirement for travelers arriving in the United States on flights originating in other countries. In the CDC's announcement rescinding the policy, Director Walensky noted that the availability of vaccines, therapeutics, and alternative testing options like rapid at-home tests, as well as the current prevalence of vaccination coverage in the United States, largely render the testing restrictions obsolete. And she emphasized that the CDC continues to recommend full vaccination against COVID-19, including the appropriate booster doses. Previously, international air travelers with destinations in the United States were required to obtain a negative PCR-based or antigen test within one day of departure or provide documentation of recent recovery from COVID-19 infection, regardless of vaccination status. That policy was put in place during Donald Trump's administration and continued under President Joe Biden. And I will tell you, it is a nerve-wracking policy that is now gone, and I think a lot of folks will be happy about it. So stay safe out there, travelers. Welcome to the wind-down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic, and we want to hear your stories as well. I asked you a couple questions I want to hear from you guys about, talking about the economy, talking about traveling this summer. We love hearing your stories. Give us a glimpse about what's going on in your world at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, a little message, and where you're calling from. We love hearing from you guys. And AT, it's my understanding that our pleas have have been answered. To an extent, absolutely, Gavin. Oh, love yes. that. We have quite a caller today. Mm. Uh, they have called in and they have answered a few prompts, okay? Oh. So they, some people are listening. The prompts yes. work. The prompts, they work, all right? This is proof positive in that fact, okay? So if you're ready, let's get into this. Are you ready, Gavin? I'm ready. On my count, three, <laughs> two, one, oh, wait, turn. Oh, wait, I, I, oh, oh, oh God. It, turn. <laughs> turn. Oh, okay. On I'll just one? play it. We'll play it. We'll on play it. We'll play it. We'll play it. Hey, this is Amanda. This time I'm calling from uh, Paris Mountain State Park in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm calling with a really deep burning, important question. And that question is, best way to beat the heat, or your preferred way rather, best is subjective here, mountain creek slash river or beach? I find myself very torn here because I grew up closer to the beach, went to the beach, frequently in the summertime still have a special place in my heart for the beach and it's not summer unless I've been to the beach at least once in fact I just got back from a beach trip to Edisto Beach but I have a special place in my heart now for a good mountain creek in the summertime nice shady area stick my feet in some cold water to cool down so I guess my question is mountain or beach and the second question that I have been pondering, uh, my husband is from the Midwest, and because he's from the Midwest, he does not like grits um, all that much, and so I don't make it very much, but I love grits, and I usually make my mom make me some when I go visit her, and um was at her house, and she had polenta, because she likes to try things, 
And I was looking at this package of polenta. I was like, this just looks like grits to me. It's just corn. So what is the difference between grits and polenta? I cannot seem to find anything on the Internet other than, like, yellow corn for polenta, white corn for grits. I'm like, is I, I know, like, polenta is an Italian thing, but it feels sort of like branding to get skeptical northerners to try grits because now it's fancy Italian food. Or is it just polenta because of what you put on top of it? I don't know. Are y'all grits people? Or are you with my husband and like, I'll eat it because it's put in front of me and I don't complain? <laughs> Do you refuse to eat it altogether? Curious. Well, thanks. Bye. Amanda with the preferred mountain, creek, slash river, or beach. Ooh, that is a big one, especially in a state like ours when you can go from the mountains to the shore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beach, for me, is highly preferred. Uh, But the river can be much easier and attainable. We can say that because we live right here off the rivers right here in Columbia. Sure. But as a kid growing up, I was always at the pool. I mean, I was a legit pool rat. So that was my preferred way to cool off. And that still kind of is sometimes... So, I'm not, uh, I'm not, a, I, I like pools. I like pool over river, but beach best, you know? Yeah. So I go beach, pool, river. There you go. And I mean, I grew up going to Point Pleasant Beach in New Jersey. Great. We go to shore in New Jersey. You go down to shore, okay? Great boardwalks. Um, and as far as the polenta talk, the polenta mm-hmm. and grits talk, that they are the same. There is no mm-hmm. difference. I mean, slight preparation difference, but um, those are the same things. Yellow corn grits and polenta, they they are the same. They're great. They're both good. I've always liked both. But yeah, uh, you try to convince uh, an Italian (laughs) grandma, Anona, that grits are polenta, and they say no. And you try to convince uh, uh, someone down in South Carolina that um, grits are polenta, and they're absolutely not. They they think you're wrong. But (laughs) you're right. They are the The same. The debate continues. The debate is over. Alton Brown settled this a long time ago in a good eat. Anyway, Gavin, that's not the only call that Amanda called in. Okay, so uh, but she she is such a go getter, such a do gooder that she called in and answered more prompts. Are you ready for this? The prompts work even more. A great double dip. Yes, I am. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, turn. Counterclockwise. uh, yeah, I, I, let's, you just said, go. let's just go. Okay, is it still going to work? <laughs> and go. <laughs> hey, this is Amanda from Greenville, South Carolina. I just called, but I wanted to share with you that while I have never celebrated Flag Day before, I always forget when Flag Day is. It's just sort of a date on the calendar, but you made such a big deal uh, about Flag Day on the pod recently that I actually remembered yesterday um, when it was Flag Day and was inspired to do something to celebrate. So um, I went out and got a tie-dye kit, and my two uh, little boys and I tie-dyed some patriotic T-shirts. So we did some red, white, and blue, although we did end up with a little bit of purple in our patriotic t-shirt, but I'm still pretty happy with how they turned out. So I think I might make that a tradition. We had a lot of fun with it. So just wanted to share that the pod inspired some patriotic activities uh, yesterday for Flag Day. So uh, may the Flag Day be with you, I guess. Bye. Oh, Amanda, happy belated Flag Day. Love that. Love that you got that idea. And it was a great teachable moment for the kids, something fun to do. And now you get to kick off 
all of our patriotic celebrations and we're leading up to July 4th and my birthday, July 8th, which is part of the patriotic that, that, celebrations. That's the extended, America's that's the extended flag day. day. Yeah, extended flag day celebrations. And of course, for me, I mean, th- that sounds like a great idea, a great little tradition that you guys can do. For me, my flag day tradition, yes. as we all know, Old mm-hmm. Navy flag tea. And we, I mean, yeah, I, I got to get that, right out that there. Sweet, sweet $1 Old Navy <laughs> flag tea. It says it's $5. Okay. Inflation. I get the tank top and I get the t-shirt nowadays. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, when you, when you walk He's, around with the 2011 Old Navy tea on, yeah, that, that, that is that's real street You see crap. the respect yeah. in people's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people, they see the 2011 and then they avert their eyes because they're scared to meet the gaze of someone that has a 2011 it Old Navy fits. flag tea. Yeah, it's impressive, for real. I, 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 no, I bought sized up back then. It was... <laughs> It's smart. It's smart. You 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 I were thinking. It. Yeah. You were thinking long haul. I it I still agree. Fits. I, Look, it still fits. I have a lot of old baseball shirts from middle school and high school because I was I was six two six three very early. But I would just be like, I'm gonna get an XL just so I could fit in this when I'm old. And mm-hmm. look at me now. Look I at mean, you. Such such forethought. The now you're ROI, a medium. Now you're just a medium. The ROI on these shirts. Oh, I'm a medium baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the ROI on these shirts is off the charts for real. I Precisely. mean. Uh, your network is your net worth, Gavin. And uh, I was just wondering, what, what what's your grind set right now, anyway? <laughs> uh, we're really just focused on July 4th right now in America. No, uh, yeah. uh, actually really focused on going to the beach next week with my family in the Outer Banks, North Carolina. I, again, I'm not vacationing cool. in South Carolina, so I do feel guilty every time I admit that, like I was in Fort mm-hmm. Myers in Florida in April. But, you know, at least we're in the Carolinas and we're close by, and hopefully uh, the Atlantic will be nice and calm because uh, I know it's still very early in hurricane season, so hopefully everything will just stay that way and nice and calm. Travel we'll with about, your go-pack. We'll have right? about 20 people in one house, so I don't think uh, Ooh, any, more, baby. any more insanity. Because we'll have a like from uh, age, like, what, two and a half, basically, to Question 70. Mark? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle George, I think, to 70, 71. And, no, he's older than that, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but... Real go-getter. But yeah, I get to see my brothers, my cousins on my mom's side. So it's like something we've always done uh, since we were young. We would always go to the beach with my cousins. So uh, here they all now have kids and such. And uh, it's going to be You're going to You're going to check the, the veracity of those claims if they have children, right? Yes. <laughs> all I know is that I'm going to be responsible at some point for my three nephews under the age of six. And I'm like... It's Ooh. the most terrifying thing. I mean, God bless parents, but when I have to walk those kids to the beach, I'm like, everyone hold hands. Stop when a car's <laughs> driving. Like, I will not be responsible for anything that happens to these children. We are not going to lose anyone on my watch. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Gavin, say goodbye to these people. Yes. Have a good week. I yes. hope. You, and call if you experience success with these with these <laughs> thought experiment tips that I, we've taught you today. Just call in and, and let us know how much we love it. You like leaders Amanda. are thriving. Okay, but that anyway, goodbye. Have a good week. Goodbye. Yeah, say thanks, bye, folks. And again, thank you, Amanda. That was wonderful to hear from you and your experiences. And you can show us your appreciation, like Amanda did, by giving us a call at eight zero three five six three seven one six nine. Tell us about some fun things you and yours are doing these days and you can also leave us a review on itunes we love those as well if you don't want to call us we understand and you can stay up to date with the latest news on scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org and don't forget to support your local newspapers for the south carolina lead i'm gavin jackson be well south carolina Dude, you can't show that. All right, that's why I was uncomfortable doing it. I don't know if that's. Like Dude, you can't show that. <laughs> <laughs>